You are listening to Tell It From Calvary, a ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, where we preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. The following sermon is by Dr. Ed Stetzer, author, missiologist, and interim teaching pastor at Calvary. For upcoming events and services, visit our website at cbcnyc.org. And now, here is today's message. Hey, Calvary Baptist Church, um, Ed Stetzer again, looking again at Philippians. We were walking through the book of Philippians. You know, I was, uh, I actually was heard from a member of the Olford family. One of the things that I don't think I've ever told you is that when I was doing um, some doctoral work, I did some study, I don't even remember the years, it was years ago, uh, on Stephen Olford, uh, Olford Institute, David, who was a kid when uh, he was there at Calvary Baptist Church. So sort of fun, another connection uh, to see that's there. Philippians is going to talk a lot about connections and the relationships that we have with one another that make up the body that is the church. And I'm really excited about walking through this with you. As always, you're going to have the PowerPoint to be able to follow along with me and the team here. The folks here do a great job putting this all together so you can follow along uh, with us as well. But we're, we're walking through the book of Philippians, which, if you remember, is written by the Apostle Paul to the church at a place called Philippi. And um, you know, big themes, our gospel partnership, joy is a recurring theme in the midst of struggle and suffering. And there's several others. One of them we're going to talk about today is in Philippians chapter 1, verses 23 through 26. Uh, and we're going to talk about why we need one another. So let me read the, pas- the passage, and then we'll jump in to it. It says this. It says, um, it says I'm hard-pressed between the two. And remember, you just said, for me to live is Christ, for me to live is Christ, to die is to gain. Now he says, but I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your prayers and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Now, um, there's a lot in here about uh, relationships and community, and that's kind of what we're going to focus in on as we walk through uh, this passage today. And what a fascinating time to do that in, right? This is a time that we never really thought we'd see. People talk about being together apart, social distancing. I prefer the term physical, because the point is, is we're actually not supposed to. We need each other. So let's talk some about that. You know, I, I confessed just recently, I was out in nature and I recorded uh, a message there, uh, but I'm much glad to be here. I'm glad to be here where I've got like a stone wall behind me, right? Because I want to confess to you, um, I don't really like nature. Uh, I think God designed us to get away from nature. Don't, don't send me letters. Uh, Donna loves nature, and I love Donna, so we needed a compromise. The kids wanted to go camping. I hate nature, so we needed a compromise, and I basically did what Donna said. But um, camping, our kids actually think that camping involves cabins because they've never actually been camping like real people who go camping camp in a tent. So everyone's happy. We're out in nature and kind of in community with ourselves. Well, you know, here's the thing. Um, in a way, church is sort of like that, right? So we went and got away in our family, and we were out, but we were of. So kind of an assembly. The church is like an assembly out of the world and still in community. It's, it's out of the cold and into the warm, but relationally. R.C. Sproul put it this way. He said, the Greek word that is translated church in the Bible is ekklesia. The word is made up of a prefix and a root. The prefix is ek or ex, 
which means out of or from. And the root word is the form, uh, is the verb, uh, is the form of the verb kaleo, which means to call. So ekklesia, he writes, means those who are the called out ones, called out assembly, church. And Paul's actually yearning for that community uh, in the church that he planted. So he's actually writing this. He says, remember, this is recorded in Acts uh, chapter 16 and 17. Paul connects, connects with this motley team, this rich businesswoman, this uh, demon-possessed slave girl, this, um, this, this suicidal jailer. And he loves them, and he plants a church among them. And he says, I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, but that is far better. So, again, so last week we talked about deliverance to Christ. Now we can have this sense of bold rejoicing and courageous joy in the midst of suffering or even death because of the work Christ has done for us. Today we're continuing our series by talking about why we need each other and how it's connected to having this deep-seated joy. So let me just start with this. We need one another to walk in Christian joy. So simple point, you're going to hear me say it a few times. It's the main takeaway for the message. We need one another to walk in Christian joy. Now, it doesn't mean it's always easy. I was actually um, watching a video. I debated whether to put the video in uh, here or not, cited against it. But it was sort of fun to watch. So I'm, I was watching a video of a skydiver. And I guess it's called tandem skydiving. Some of you probably have done skydiving, which I don't understand. Why do people jump out of perfectly good airplanes? Anyway, so in the tandem diving, which I thought about doing, but again, common sense took over. So, um, so I watched this video and they jump out of the plane and you can just see this unhappy terror in this moment that this person, you know, the tandem jump means are tied to each other. And I guess the instructor or the experienced jumper is kind of attached to the other person, the the inexperienced person's in front. And that person, it was a him. He's just screaming and miserable. And someone's videotaping all this, which makes it even more fun for the rest of us. But then the, the, the pro is just back there smiling. He knows this is going to be fine. And, and I know we all hear the story about where it didn't. But, I mean, skydivers do this all the time. And he knows it's going to be fine. He's just having fun watching all that is going on. So, so it kind of reminds me in some ways of the Christian life. Right. For some of us, the Christian life is a really frightening experience. Right. And um, and and others have kind of walked together on that journey and say, no, we're going to make it through together. I mean, how many of us have a godly older sister or brother who puts his um, his or her kind of hand on our shoulder and says, it's going to be OK. And we're nervous. We're struggling. But they're there because here's why we're on this journey together. We're 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 kind of made to jump out of a plane to follow Jesus. It's scary. It's challenging. We sometimes see the ground coming up at us. What Philippians has written to help us go from, if you will, from terror to joy in the dive. We can either be the student hanging on for dear life in terror, or we can be the instructor who knows that with others, we can actually walk this journey. But to know that, we got to understand what the church is and how it functions as community. And I will tell you, this is a weird time to talk about this, right? But first, I need to tell you, the church is not aware it's a who. And this is really key. The church is not aware it's a who, because sometimes people think, uh, what, what, what church, you know, what, where is our church? What is our church? Um, and they, and they, they might say, they might point to, you know, that, that our church is, you know, 123rd West 57th street, New York, New York, 10019. And it's not. And thinking that is actually not only theologically problematic, it's confusing to people. And right now, if that's what we think, we don't even have a church. But church is not aware, it's a who. So if you're visiting Calvary Baptist Church, just know that the fact that our building is in transition, that we're on the move, doesn't mean we've stopped being a church because it's not aware 
It's a who. We need one another, and sometimes it's scary that we need one another. So let's take a look at some key points that will walk through this, right? And I'm just going to walk through. We'll have numbers as we go through. It keeps us kind of easy to follow the outline. Uh, number one, there's a joy that draws us together. Remember, we need one another to walk in Christian joy. And here Paul's got two desires. Remember, he says, for to me is to live as Christ, to die is to gain. That was last week's message. And if you want to follow along with that, you can, you can always go to the website and follow along with it. You found your way here to, uh, to, to watch this message. So if you want to go to cbcnyc.org, all the messages, all the resources about our church are there as well. So, But what we see here in this passage is a tale of two desires. He says this, we heard to live is to Christ, to die is gain last week. Then he says, I'm hard-pressed between the two, right? He says, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. So Paul's kind of caught between these two possibilities, life and death. And he's reminding us that when we die, we're with the Lord, right? And we looked at some of this last week, because remember, he's in, he's in prison. We don't know all the details, probably waiting to appear before a rather psychotic uh, Roman emperor named Nero. Uh, most likely, it was actually Nero who did eventually kill Paul or have Paul killed. Actually, people disagree about when this happened because it's not actually clearly recorded. But we know here, because he tells us, that there's some sort of imprisonment. Probably he won his first appeal and he goes on to do more mission work, re-arrested later. We don't have time to go through all those details. We don't, we don't know. But he wasn't just like waxing philosophical. When he says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain, it's because he's rushing towards his eternal destiny depending on Nero responds. Now, this is so key. And, but in knowing this, he, he knows this, and it, it really sets him free. We can actually hear the confidence and the joy um, in this, right? So think about John 8, 31 and 32. It says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. And you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So he's walking in that freedom right now. He knows that God's got this, that no matter what happens, he's in good capable, godly, uh, all-powerful hands. So he, he knows this. And continue, look, just to have this relationship. We'll quickly go through some texts. Uh, John 8, 35 and 36 says, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. So he knows. He knows with great confidence that he is a son. He is a child of God. And as a son and a child, that changes everything. It changes his whole idea of how he's thinking. I think of Romans chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. He says, for the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe. Don't miss that. If we die with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. So he's got this confidence that no matter what happens, Romans 6, 22 and 23 says, it says, but now we have been set free from sin that we might become slaves of God. That fruit leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God's eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So he knows, he knows that no matter what happens, God is still in control. And I want you to have that sense of confidence too, because the issue is not that he wanted to die. It's that he wanted to be with either them or the Lord, but he knew when he was with them, he was with them in the Lord. So Paul has this desire, longing for the church in Philippi. He loves them. He wants to see them grow and thrive and under, under this community, in this community. I love that. I love Paul's longing for the church, because I got to tell you, I know I feel it, and I bet you feel it too. 
right? You're, you have, we're distanced and it's hard and it should be something that is yearning in your heart. And he, he knows he doesn't want that to happen. He knows even if you were to depart, it's interesting, the word um, depart that he uses in the original Greek, it literally means the loosing of a ship from its mooring or from a military camp to be taken down and moved according to Utley. And what it's interesting, it's almost like I, I'm still connected to you. I'm still connected to you, which shouldn't surprise us because, again, 1 Peter 2.5 says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices and acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So those, those bricks that we see at 123 West 57th Street, those bricks are not the bricks that make up the true church of Jesus Christ. Those bricks that make up the true church of Jesus Christ are actually what Paul writes, or Peter writes elsewhere. He says, you're living stones being built up as a spiritual house. So no matter what happens to the physical building, by the way, most of you probably know that this is not the first building that Calvary Baptist Church, or the first name for that matter, that Calvary Baptist Church had, but it's an ongoing community. And that ongoing community reminds us there's a joy that draws us together. And Paul is feels drawn to return and to walk in that joy. Again, we need, we need one another to walk in the fullness of Christian joy. And church is not a where, it's a who. It's a who, it's a people. Number two, joy that gives us clarity together. Um, it's interesting time, right? Nobody has good church, church coffee in the lobby uh, anymore, but that wasn't what it was about anyway. This, listen to his words. This is Philippians 1 verse 25. Philippians 1 verse 25, it says, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all. It's not just I'm going to remain. He says, I'm convinced that God wants me here. So I'm going to remain and I'm going to continue with you. I think he's talking about these people he loves. It's not just the rich businesswoman, the formerly demon-possessed slave girl, and the Philippine, uh, Philippian jailer now. It's, it's a whole community. It's a church. We don't know all the names, but that motley team has grown, and he loves them, and he wants to be with them because he cares for them. There's a joy that gives us clarity together. Again, we need one another to walk in Christian joy, and the church is not a where, but a who. So the Bible calls us to church for one another. So the church is for you, but not just for you. You're actually in church for others. And Paul has come to this amazing and true conclusion that if he lives, great, he's with the he's going to stay and remain with the church at, or the community at Philippi. Um, and here's the deal: if you if if you've been part of a church for more than a minute, you probably experienced the struggle to remain when things get challenging. Right? It's just it's just true. And when challenges come, uh, it's sometimes it's easy to run rather than to stay. It's easy to hide rather than to even confront. It's either to sit in silence than stand in service. But what we see in Paul's language and focus is a beautiful commitment uh, to the community that is the church. For example, look at look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree there be no divisions among you, and that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Now, here's the thing. You know why he says that? Because they weren't. This is to the church at Corinth, which we're not walking through. But if we're walking through, there's a whole lot of challenges and division at the church at Corinth. But Peter writes in 1 Peter 3.8, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, 
and a humble mind. You see, our gospel joy and this amazing gospel confidence tells us a better way to remain with the church, to serve well, to suffer well together, and to advance the gospel despite the challenges. It pulls us together rather than driving us apart. I grew up in a home where we had some challenges, even tragedies, and I saw it drive some of my family apart and some together. And that's really the question of what will happen during this pandemic. And really for Calvary Baptist Church, will we uh, come together or will we ultimately uh, kind of fragment apart? And I think ultimately the church in Philippi and Paul's admonition to that church can be the kind of direction that we need. I'm pretty sure that you've had a bad church experience. If we were together, I'd ask you to raise your hand and say, who's had a bad church experience? And I've never been in a place where most people didn't raise their hands. If you haven't, you will here, probably at Calvary Baptist, uh, because people are here. And, but we still need one another and a family, right? I, we, we, you know, Don and I, we, we have fights. Um, she's always right. That just saves so much time. If I just say she's right, I always say you're right. Um, but, but in the, we're in this thing called family. So, Whenever I admit I'm wrong, and the very rare occasions when she is, um, what happened? We pull back together. See, conflict does not break up a family. It shouldn't, and it shouldn't break up churches. So again, 1 Peter 3.8, I wish you had unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, and more. So our gospel joy and this beautiful confidence that we have that Paul had shows us a better way to remain together, right? That's what we want to walk through as Calvary Baptist Church with you, to remain, to serve well, to suffer together well, to advance the gospel together despite our challenges. And I love the way Paul puts it in Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I can tell you, that in the last year, Calvary Baptist Church has walked through challenging times, as every church has, but there are unique challenges in each and every church. And the answer is going to always include at some point a type where we pull together and care for one another. Let's not stand in there, right? Because we got we got more to cover. So let's look at verse 25, the second part of verse 25. There's a joy that advances together. So much this is about the gospel advance. I love that. There's a joy that advances together. Here's what it says. Philippians 1.25, for your progress and joy in the faith. Love that. Progress and joy. Uh, That's an important thing. That's a value we want to hold. Those of you who may be of Brazilian background, you know that the flag has on it, order and progress. And it's a reminder. It's like a symbol that the nation wants to have, order and progress. And what I would tell you is that this is Paul reminding the church that part of why we're pulling together, part of why this unity exists. Remember, we need one another to walk in Christian joy. Part of it is for your progress and joy. So we need one another both for our spiritual progress and for our joy because the church is not aware, but a who. So maybe you want to ask yourself, I know I do, uh, ask myself, how can I help others progress in their faith. Romans chapter 1, verses uh, 11 and 12 says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. I love that. To strengthen you. And he goes on to say that is that we may mutually be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Can I tell you that right now, people are getting tired of watching church on Zoom? Um, 
people are getting frustrated. People have different opinions about what to do and when. And, and as we started this series, we started with the elders and deacons, and people are wrestling through those decisions, just as so we are at Calvary Baptist Church. But I want you not to miss this, right? We want to be mutually encouraged. So when you join in that Zoom call and you join us afterwards when we have kind of a dialogue like we do each um, Sunday, uh, I want to invite you to come because that's part of we actually have some conversation and catch up and people ask questions, sure, but we're mutually encouraging one another and remaining with the local church in joy is how we progress like the church. We progress as a church. It's, it's a long connection to spiritual community. And I love that. Listen to Romans chapter 15, verses five and six. I got a lot of texts today. So um, Romans 15, verses five and six, because now I got to talk fast. People joke because I talk fast like a New Yorker. So finally, I'm actually talking to New Yorkers. So, so maybe they don't seem that fast, but we'll see. Um, may the God of endurance and encouragement, it says in Romans 15, 5 and 6, uh, grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? I love that. We want to glorify God in this journey. Again, Romans 1.12 says, says this. It says that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Right now, you can't, you can't see the screens of everybody, which is hard. Um, I was down in uh, a church, First Baptist Glen, El- Glen Arden, Maryland, recently. John Jenkins, he's the uh, president of the uh, chairman of the board of the National Association of Evangelicals. It's a wonderful, uh, predominantly African-American church. And I love one of the things that they aren't so they aren't gathered yet physically. And I love what he did. He actually put up screens. You know how we got screens in churches now? He put up the screens because he wanted to see the people. He turned the screens around, projected them, and they'd all come in on Zoom so he could see them. And I love that because we can't see each other. You see me, and afterwards we'll see each other in Zoom rooms. But this is why we've got to not just look at screens, but we need to connect with one another. It might be over screens, but we want to mutually encourage by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I love that the beauty of that passage is so clear. Number four, number four, it says um, we're going to have a joy that glorifies God together. Joy that glorifies God together. Remember, we need one another to walk in Christian joy. A church is not a where, but a who. And here it comes back to in Philippians 1.26. It says, so that, I love the phrase, so that. This happens because, so that, this happens so that something else could uh, occur, flow from it is what it tends to mean in the original language. So we do these things, right? We do we do the things we've talked about right just before. Joy that advances together, but it starts joy that draws us together, right? And then number two is joy that gives us clarity together, right? We're, we're figuring out where to go. We're progressing together. Joy that advances together, right? With And joy in the faith. And then number four, joy that glorifies God together. And it says, so that in me, this is Philippians 126 again, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Now, again, Paul's not saying, look, I'm going to come to you again. I'm kind of a big deal. He's focused on that the joy is going to be because they're united again. Can I, can I tell you, that's going to be a beautiful thing. Calvary Baptist Church will gather together. And when it does, here's the challenge. It's not going to be a grand opening, like maybe we hoped at the beginning of the pandemic. It's going to be a gradual reopening. But we're going to have to, when that time comes, we're going to have to get in the habit 
of gathering together with following, you know, practices, following mitigation, doing all of those things. But I want us to be yearning for that now. I want us to recognize that part of what we have that is we're going to glorify God together because of my coming to you again, he says. I mean, what a great passage in a time when we're distanced, like Paul was distanced. Look at Acts chapter 8, verses 6 through 8. It says, and the crowds with one accord pay attention to what was being said by Philip. They heard him and saw the signs that he did. Unclean spirits were crying out in a loud voice, came out of many who had heard them. Many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. You see the work of God? There's much joy. And that's ultimately, we're seeing it now. It's not that the work of God is not taking place, but there is something to the nature of who we are that when we gather together, there'll be a greater sense of joy. The term glory in the original language, the Greek, actually means to boast or to take pride in. The Christian Standard Bible, the CSB, calls it, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. Ample cause to glory or your boasting. See, there is a sense that Paul being with them is going to help amplify that boasting. We can still boast in Christ Jesus right now. But one way to think about even witnessing is uh, we're bragging on the Lord and his greatness. If you're here watching and a friend invited you, you don't know the Lord. We talk a lot about him. We think it's all about Jesus. And if you don't know him, we want you to know him because we're so changed by him. We're so filled with joy because of him. And 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 so we're just bragging on the Lord and his greatness. And if you don't know the Lord, we I mean, you can reach out to us. We have a phone number on the webpage. You can reach out online. We've got means listed to do that as well. So again, for us, we're going to be glorifying God together. We're going we're gonna to ultimately boast about the goodness of Jesus individually. I mean, we're apart together, but that time we're going to come together, which is very much the key to what Paul's talking about. We ought not to miss. It's going to be a beautiful time. We're going to have to ease into it, and people will come at different times because of, because of their own you know, health conditions or more, their own timing, their own readiness. But I, I want us to make sure that in knowing all of these things, that we ultimately, well, let's look at, look at Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. This is where we are now. May the God of endurance, amen to that, you can relate to that, and encouragement, we need that, grant you to live in such harmony with one another. That's key right now, bringing together, un, uniting as a church, even in a tumultuous, a globally tumultuous time, in accord, that's the unity, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together, together, you may with one voice glorify the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's coming in an even more amazing way when we eventually gather together. But right now, right now, we want to live in light of that beautiful and God-honoring truth, right? So, so why? Because it's not about Paul that he writes this letter. It's about Jesus. Christ's work on our behalf drives our joy. And when we see, when others see this joyful focus on Jesus, it actually makes others celebrate him with us, right? So that together you may with one voice, Romans 15, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It changes how we talk about ourselves, others, the church. Again, we need one another to walk in Christian joy. And the church is not a where, but a who. Now, I want you to, I mean, think about this, you know, right now, use COVID as an example, right? Picture life, hopefully, in a few months, um, but at some point we'll gather openly, we'll greet personally, we'll fellowship more intimately. Picture unfettered access to small groups, corporate praise, more. Remember that. Hold on to it. This will pass. But when it does, 
let's let our lives be regalvanized together by this joy Paul speaks about. But here's the great thing. That doesn't mean we don't have that joy now. See, we need one another. We experience and participate in joy. We move kind of from the student to the instructor. Remember that jump off of that airplane, right? That instructor knew it's going to be okay, right? This is going to be fine. Um, walk through this before. And Calvary Baptist Church is filled with people who've walked through this before. Some of you are newer and you're not sure. It is a little bit terrifying and like that student jumping out of the airplane. But what I want you to hear and what I want you not to miss is that in the midst of this, what brings us together is this sense of walking together in joy. So Paul says, I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, right? That's the theme beforehand, to live as Christ, to die is to gain. But he says this, and I want you to hear, I don't want you to miss this. If you're a follower of Jesus, Paul's words can be your words. He says, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Can I just say to the family of Calvary Baptist Church, we need one another. And we need to be engaged as best we can right now for the account of others. When Paul says, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account, you too can say. So for me to engage maybe in this this technology that's not my thing is for the account of others. And then he says, convinced of this, I know I will remain. And I want us to remain together as a church, to remain in community. He says, I know I will remain and continue with you all. When we come through this, and it's a series of challenges, of course, for Calvary, it's, it's COVID, and then it's a relocation, and it's temporary facilities. But, you know, convinced of this, Paul writes, and 2,000 years later, our, we can say to one of the convinced of this, I know that I will, Paul writes, or we will remain and continue together for our mutual progress. He says, for your progress and join the faith. We'll say for our mutual progress and join the faith so that in me, and we'll say this way, in one another, we may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because, he says, of my coming to you again, and we too will gather together again. So I want to just close with this. If you're maybe discouraged by the distance and the challenges even of church, can I ask you not to give up? We need you. Uh, This community needs the other members of this community to pull together to, I mean, we already are, but one of the things we know about a crisis, um, I teach crisis leadership at uh, the Wheaton College Graduate School. And one of the things we know about crisis leadership is that there's a heroic phase where everyone pulls together, but then there's a disillusionment phase. This has gone on too long and we're apart. This is the time when, Men and women, followers of Jesus, pulled together in extraordinary ways. And so that's my encouragement to us, that we might, for our progress and joy in the faith, I'm quoting Philippians 1, for our progress and joy in the faith, that we might pull together, we might remember. And this is, this is the key. This is the theme I've said so, so over and over again. We need one another to walk in Christian joy. I need you. You need me. Um, and the church is not a, not a where. It's actually not even a what. It's a who. It's this living stones built together. So imperfect as we are, we still at Calvary Baptist Church, it is a community built together like living stones to glorify Christ, give him all the glory he is due, and together to progress in our walk with the Lord. We dearly need one another. Church is not aware, but a who. We need one another to walk in Christian joy. Would you pray with me? Lord, remind us again and again how much we need you first and foremost, but it's not just Jesus and me. We need one another. And in this time, maybe more than any other time in our lifetime, 
uh, maybe at a time in our global reality in, in, in our own lives, we find ourselves distant physically, but no more in need of one another spiritually for the progress of our faith, for the joy that we have together. Lord, we acknowledge we need one another to walk in Christian joy. Lord, help us to lean on one another in this time, to remember the church is not a where, but a who. Living stones knit together. And as we walk through even the challenges of the weeks and months ahead, that we do so relying on you, knowing that Paul writes all these things while in prison, while under guard, and yet his joy and his anticipation of reunion gets him through. May it be with us as well. For it's in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Tell It From Calvary. For more information, to connect, make a prayer request, or make a contribution, go to our website at www.cbcnyc.org or call us at 212-975-0170. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue to tell it from Calvary.